And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And also here is Dr. Hans Vogt. Thanks for having us. Now, I should remind our listeners that um, Mark Diedrich, you're a local pastor. Hans Vogt, you're a local professor at Ulster County Community College, in case some of you all don't know these two um, these two characters. <laughs> <laughs> now, some time ago, we were talking about um, the Battle of Gettysburg, and um, very important uh, battle. Uh, we talked about it at the time of its 150th anniversary. We'd like to go back today, revisit uh, just a little bit from there, but make an extension now into our, our own day. Um, certainly in the day in which Gettysburg took place, um, there were some uh, major sins in society. And um, I, I think most thoughtful theologians and Christian historians will tend to admit that, um, not with 100% certainty, but it sure looked like God's hand of judgment uh, came down against a people because of these sins. Help, help me articulate that just a little bit more now. Well, I think one of the people who probably expressed it best was President Abraham Lincoln. Uh, in his second inaugural address in March of 1865, just about a month before he was killed, uh, he looked back over the war, and he talked about it, you know, being at, at root, uh, uh, you know, uh, a conflict over slavery, and, and talked about slavery being a, uh, a sin, and he talked about the war being a punishment. And that, of course, was nothing new. Many people mm. had, had expressed the same opinions. But what Lincoln said, which was really insightful, is he said, if this is punishment from God for the sin of slavery, then both North and South are being punished. Mm -hmm. We in the North have benefited from slavery. Our banks, our insurance companies, our merchants, our textile factories, you know, we've fully participated. We're just as guilty. Mm -hmm. And we also are getting punished. And so rather than, you know, doing what maybe a typical politician would do, wrap himself up in the flag and say, God's on our side, he said, um, you know, God is on his own side. (laughs) uh, Very much like, in fact, what it makes me think of is, um, uh, you know, the story in the Bible where um, they're getting, the Israelites are getting ready for battle. uh, And on the eve of the battle, uh, the the commander of the armies of the Lord shows up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, whose side are you on? Ours or theirs? And he says, neither. But as commander of the armies of the Lord, I am come. Isn't that interesting? And that's Joshua was talking to him. And so God was leading Israel at that Mm -hmm. point. Yeah, I I would agree with Lincoln to a point, but I think the, the sins of the North may have extended even farther beyond. We see a lot of really bad theology Coming in and turning Mm -hmm. away from God Mm -hmm. in the North, more so than the South, even though the the slavery was the biggest issue in the South. So you have a couple of those things. And when you start turning away from God and saying, we're making our own nation here. We're making this because we're brilliant. We have the, the resources. Instead of turning around, as many of our nation's founders did, and say, God, we can't do it. We need you. You have a, a kind of an arrogance that's growing up in this country, and I, I hate to say it, it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. You know? Yes. 
when we talk about the sins of society, um, we don't want to raise ourselves up and say we're better than you and that sort of thing. So I obviously we all know that in this room, but I want to say for the sake of the listeners that right. if we talk about sins today over the air, we're not trying to target you personally uh, in particular and say we're better than you or anything like that. Uh, nevertheless, um, there are some of us who feel that we may be going through a similar period in a sense of, of what 150 years ago we went through, where the hand of the Lord, it almost looks like, is against us um, because of our sins, because of our societal sins. Um, I, I think a lot of times societal sins really start in the church. Now, that's a good point. And, and it's a, a laxity in the church, a, a lack mm-hmm. of love for Christ in the church. There's a lot of lacking in the church itself, uh, mm-hmm. not being careful, being cavalier about God's word. When you, you look at all those things, you see attitudes which generate in society mm-hmm. the same kind of attitude. If the church is cavalier about God and his word, why wouldn't society be cavalier yeah, about yeah, it? Yeah, sure. So it's it's absolutely imperative that uh, the church draws close to Christ and obeys his word. And uh, some of this stuff is pretty simple, isn't it? Uh, it just has to do with my own uh, heart. My own will is um, so uh, polluted at times, and it doesn't want to say yes to God. Right. Some of this stuff is very simple. Well, yeah, um, we look for sometimes other people to blame, and you know, we complain about yeah. laws, we complain about Supreme Court decisions, we complain oh, yeah. about... And I'm not saying those aren't things to complain about at times. Right. But... Those laws, those decisions, they reflect what's already at work that's, in society, what's already at work key. in the hearts of people. That's key. Yeah. Yeah, the heart has already moved away from God. We're very much seeing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so when you, you look at, at, at some place, you know, I mean, we're looking at our nation now. We've seen some very bad decisions. We've seen some very bad things. We also have this this cavalier attitude in terms of, uh, a society that says, well, God is love and he's going to take care of us and mm-hmm. and God is here for my comfort. Mm-hmm. No, God wants to make us righteous. Now, what about some very basic uh, principles of Scripture that would guide us in making moral decisions, um, principles that many, if not all, real believers would agree upon? Uh, can you mention any? I think the first one we start off with is to recognize our own sinfulness of our heart. Jeremiah seventeen nine: the mm-hmm. heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And then when you go from that, you see an alienation from God, mm. how that in fact alienates us from God. Um, there's, again, you can go to Romans 3.10, there's none righteous, no, not one, there's none that seek after God. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 says, My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. Well, if we're alienated from God, we're going to be choosing ways that are not going to be pleasing Mm -hmm. to God because his ways are not our ways. I see we're out of time for this segment. And so what we'll do is we'll take a short break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Be merciful. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. 
In your compassion, blot out my offense. Oh, wash me more and more from my guilt and my sorrow, and cleanse me from all of my sin. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Put a steadfast spirit in my soul. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. And take not your spirit from me. Merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf in the studio with me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. Hans Vogt. Today, if we had to uh, place a title on our discussion, it would be probably National Sins and God's Response, and uh, that can be a rather sensitive subject. Um, Mark, before the break, you were talking about the heart of man uh, being separated from God, and uh, even when we had our mics off a while back, we were talking about um, how that the heart turns, and as a result of that, then bad laws come, and a whole nation starts to go adrift. And then uh, several weeks ago, when we were talking about the Battle of Gettysburg, um, Hans, I think, you brought up the fact that as the war uh, wore on, um, men would become, um, their hearts would become turned towards Christ. Um, many of them would, and God would move in revival. Could it be that we're at a similar point in America? I'm not sure. Uh, this is just my own personal opinion. I'm not sure that the American people uh, feel the brunt of their own sins yet, or um, not a sufficient uh, persecution has taken place such that as a people we want to turn back to God. But um, could that happen, Mark? I, I guess it could. The, the only hope, I mean, when we, the founding of this nation, we had any. A number of the founding fathers, George Washington, John Adams, who basically understood that the form of government that they were giving this nation 
wouldn't work for anything but a Christian nation. I remember that quote. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And so at the very base is this uh, assumption that it's, it's meant for a Christian people, a Christian worldview. And if you jettison that worldview, then probably what we have, which is a constitutional republic, democracy, whatever you want to call it, is not going to work. Exactly right. And, mm. and what has happened in our nation as we see a, a movement away from what our founders had to a more socialistic, mm-hmm. dare I say Marxist, type of, of, of a government yes, yes. Uh, with a humanist focus. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because so many times um, we get to this point of the discussion, we're talking about social ills and sins and morality. Um, it is missed that to the Christian, it's not only the, uh, let's say, the pro-life issue, it's also the issue of thievery. Um, you go back to the scriptures, Ten Commandments, uh, it's wrong to steal. And it's wrong for me to lust after what, let's say, Hans' boat may have. Let's say he's got a nice boat or whatever. I don't know what you got, Hans. But you know, let's <laughs> I say I want, Hans, I want, I want, Hans' boat with I the want, boat. <laughs> I want Hans' kayak or something like that, right? Well, that's wrong. God says that's wrong. How am I supposed to handle it? Let's say somebody is blessed with a great amount of wealth. Um, how am I supposed to handle it? I'm to rejoice over that brother or sister, even if they're not a brother or sister in the Lord, that God has blessed them. And that's exactly how you're supposed to handle it. We're not supposed to crave after what someone else owns and say, okay, let me devise a, a weird little system such that I can extract their wealth and get it myself, and let me codify it as a law, of course, now I'm talking socialistic-type tendencies here. Uh, that's wrong. It, it's it's right. thievery, and that is also a moral issue. Right. And when we talk about the idea of self-government uh, in, 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 our, in our government, self-government depends basically on the moral character of the citizens. Yes. If they're not capable of governing themselves, uh, if they are not, you know, and and to a certain extent, we obviously we all stumble. We all we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory yes, of God. Yes, very much. But so. if we're not seeking to follow uh, in in, mm-hmm. in the footsteps and 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 act in ways that you know honor God and and show love for our our fellow neighbors, uh, then you know no amount of laws are going no. to. Right. Solve that. It's not going to no. solve it. You can't have a no. policeman on every corner. You no. can't have a, a judge in every building. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've heard it before that you can't have salvation by law. Um, you right. know, we're, I, I'm of the tendency of the hold high the law of God, but only because we love Jesus do we hold high the law of God. Right. And we're not, we're not getting any brownie points. We're not, none of that. Our salvation is not based on, on law. It's only flows from a heart of love for the law giver. Yeah. There, there's no salvation, as you say, in in law, and that, that comes from Christ. And so yeah. we understand that when, when Christ comes into a person's life and, and they trust in Christ, a number of things happen. They're transformed. The uh, first thing that happens is God's power of the Holy Spirit works mm. in their life. Yeah. The yeah. second thing that happens is they are trusting in in Jesus, and then uh, they are transformed. And you suddenly see people who had a craving for certain things 
Yes. Who now recognize that those things are wrong. Yeah. Now, I want to interrupt you quick because I'm being interrupted. Uh, outside our window, we have our rooster, and I don't know if that's getting over the air or not, but he's having a hot old time crowing his, his head off, and so I'm just wondering if our uh, yeah. listeners are hearing our rooster. Um, we're talking about national sins, and uh, I think it is time to just quickly touch upon uh, the sin of taking an innocent life. Uh, now, we know theologically there's no such thing as an innocent life, theologically, in terms of uh, yes, we're made in the image of God. We're also fallen human beings. We all have the curse of sin upon us, which is inherited from Adam. But um, I'm talking about the unborn in particular, or else the unborn who just came out of the womb, who is then summarily executed on the operating table. And uh, some of this stuff is hard to talk about over the air, and it's going to raise the ire of someone, but this... Dear friends, is a national sin, and and help me understand this a little more. Well, it's and it really comes down to what you said earlier, Mark, about um, what do you you know do you value your own pleasure, your own comfort, your own mm-hmm. convenience? Well, if that's your highest value, and this little life is inconvenient, yes. then eliminate it. Yes, uh, so true. Well, that's just a monstrous attitude. Now somebody might say, well, you guys are guys. How dare you talk about this? Uh, and uh, Maybe a woman uh, who maybe doesn't see it this way is saying, how dare you talk about this? This is my body. What's our answer to that? Well, first, uh, when you talk about something like abortion, the reason uh, it has had such great acceptance is because there's been a denial of the Imago Dei if you look at any unborn child being conceived as bearing the image of God, mm-hmm. you cannot treat it cavalierly as though it were an unviable tissue mass. Yes. It is indeed the bearer of God. And I think that gets back to the whole thing. What has happened first? Roe versus Wade occurred in 1973. Right. Uh, almost 10 years before that, some 10 years before that, we kicked God out of the public schools. Oh, yes. We started separating, quote-unquote, church and state, which was a total abuse mm-hmm. of what Thomas Jefferson had written to the Connecticut churches, yes. you know, way back. Yeah. And so when you see that kind of destruction, I would say there's a couple things that, that go on. When you see that, you see a rejection of God. Look at Romans 1. God's response to rejecting him is to let us do what we want. That's a good point. And that's why I think this nation Boy, is talk so about scary. scary. That, that is scary. scary. When God says to you, or to us as you know, collectively as a nation, you know what, I'm going to just let you do any old thing you want because you're so far gone, my judgment is upon you. Now, this, this thing of uh, abortion... We're not quite done talking about it yet. Mm. Um, the philosophy behind abortion. Um, have we ever talked about that a little bit? Well, we did. Um, in fact, uh, a year or two ago, we, mm. we did a couple of shows on this. And, and one of the things we pointed out is that really this is eugenics in another form. The, eugenics. The really go back to uh-huh. the late 19th century, the eugenics movement, the attempt to scientifically breed a better mm-hmm. human race mm-hmm. to eliminate all the genetically supposedly unfit people. 
and and which you know reached sort of its culmination, uh, its most awful form in, in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Uh, but and we and we kind of pat ourselves on the back and say, well, we're you know we don't do that anymore. Well, we right. do. The truth is, that right. we routinely uh, screen for genetic defects, and we routinely now abort the babies who have That's those true. genetic defects. And Mark, yes. I know you're probably sitting on the edge of your seat right now, and I would love for you to just quickly share, I know you've shared before, the experience of your son and daughter-in-law. Yeah. A little over a year ago, my son and daughter-in-law had a baby who was uh, trisomy 18. Mm. And uh, they didn't realize it until, well, they knew something was wrong yes. early on in the pregnancy. And then when they came back to the States and they finally did the amniocentesis to try to see it, if that would give them some indications as to what was wrong with the baby, mm-hmm. they found out it was trisomy 18. There's nothing we can do for trisomy 18 nothing babies. Nothing at all. No. And, but we went through uh, a little Anna Karen was born on the George Washington Bridge. Mm. <laughs> it's quite a story. It's, it is, it's documented it on our website. You just look yeah, through yeah, a plain answer podcast. It's so much yeah, it's yeah. there. Uh, for 11 hours, we had this little precious girl who you looked at this little yes. girl with her deformed arms and her deformed feet, and you saw the the Imago Dei. There it is. Girl. There it is. And so those 11 hours were worthwhile. Yeah, Jeremiah said they were some of the best 11 hours yes. of his life. Yes. Yes, that baby was loved by God, was loved by its parents, and uh, now is in the very presence of God. Mm. We're talking today about national sins here on A Plain Answer. Um, I hesitate getting into the next area, but I feel that we need to. Um, God makes it very clear in his word that there are certain types of relationships sexually uh, between human beings that are acceptable within the confines of marriage and others that are unacceptable. Um, We could go a couple of ways in this part of the discussion, but again, I just want to say that we're not raising ourselves uh, above others and talking about this or tending to think, I'm better than you. No, none of that, none of that at all. But uh, if you do take the Bible seriously and you do understand that this is God's Word, then what kind of conclusions, gentlemen, do we come to? How does that apply to American life today? I really believe that probably the single biggest issue uh, in this nation today is the destruction of the family. The family, yeah. Uh, and in in a number of different ways. I mean, and, and you know, certainly we, we can talk about the sin of homosexuality uh, and, and, you know, the, the issue of, of, you know, so-called gay marriage. But the reality is that we destroyed heterosexual marriage first. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Country. That's a good point. It, the failure to understand marriage is sacred. It's sacred. And understand yeah. it as uh, sacredly instituted by God has been a huge failure in this nation. And uh, Hans is absolutely right. This is what is so messed up. And when you look at Romans 1, and here's the thing. When we destroyed the family, instead of looking at all the dysfunctionality that that created yes. and say, oh, that's awful, we made that the new normal. 
Yes, it's so true. And, and that shows you how sin yeah. works. That shows you how Romans 1 describes it so beautifully. He mm-hmm. says, yeah, you go on sinning, God gives you over to your sins, and basically you make a mess and you don't even realize you've made a mess. Now I'm looking at the clock here, and this is a really rough place to kind of shift gears, but I realize we're close on time. So uh, based on what we've just talked about, the family, let's have some concluding remarks that would um, help the listener move in the right direction. Let's say your family is not where it's supposed to be, or your understanding is not where it's supposed to be. Um, God is speaking to you through his word. Uh, Help us understand um, the positive and where we need to move to. The key thing is, again, Jesus Christ came to die for sinners. Jesus Christ came to die because we all are sinners and we all have messed things up. Mm. And that's where we need to go. We need to go back to Jesus Christ. Mm. This nation was formed on the heels of what was called the First Great Awakening. That's true. When people started recognizing that, hey, they weren't going to make a great nation because they were so smart and so so good at this or good at that, but but it turned around and said they needed God first and foremost. That's where you start. Mm-hmm. That's where you start with Jesus Christ. Yeah, and we shouldn't be misled into thinking because we live in a rich and powerful nation, and in many ways the richest and most powerful nation there's ever been, yes. uh, that somehow that's a, a, a sign of blessing or that we're invulnerable. Yes. Every great empire, every great nation in history has fallen and collapsed. They've all fallen, yes. Mm-hmm. And the United States of America will be no exception. Mm. So let us uh, be very sober today as we consider our own status before God individually and then collectively as a nation. Um, it is time to repent and uh, mm. to trust Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of our souls, for his forgiveness and then for his guidance so that we might be a, uh, a good people, a godly people that mm. uh, can once again receive the blessings of Almighty God. In the studio with me today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. Hans Vogt. I'm Dan Elmendorf. A quick reminder to please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. Give back to me the joy of your salvation. Let your willing spirit bear me up. And I shall teach your way to the ones who have wandered and bring them all home to your side. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord.